Rockstar. Welcome to the 24th episode of Bantwit. My name is Queen Rafi and this is my podcast, Queen Rafi Space. And for today's episode, I spoke with an anonymous person who I've decided to give the name of Shade, who is an essential worker, a nursing mom, and a COVID survivor. Globally, as at the time of this recording, 80,155,187 confirmed cases of COVID-19 have been reported to the World Health Organization. And this includes a death of over 1,771,128. And here in Nigeria, confirmed cases round up to the number of 85,560, with active cases being recorded at 12,356. Deaths is 1,267. And for you, this might sound like, yeah, numbers, numbers, numbers. But these are people who had family members. These are people who have people who love them. These are people who some showed symptoms, some are asymptomatic, which means they do not present with any symptoms. But what is important for you to know is that COVID-19 is real. And while speaking to my guest, Shade, on this episode, she talked to me about finding out that she had COVID, how she dealt with the road to recovery, and what is most important for everybody to know. Do you still think COVID is real or not? This episode will answer that question. And I'm hoping that by the time you listen to the end, you take action. So hello, welcome to Queen Rafi Space. And I just wanted us to talk about your surviving COVID. A lot of people don't think that COVID is real. And now there's a second wave. It almost feels like people are even more nonchalant about the fact that there is a second wave compared to when it just even came into the country. I remember seeing your tweet about you surviving and I was like, wow, it would be nice to actually talk to somebody because when we are talking about COVID in Nigeria, it doesn't really have a human face and people just feel like, ah, they are just numbers. But I think it's important for people to know that these numbers are actually human beings, like real life people with family members who love them, who care for them, that actually fell under this stuff. So, so my very first question was, when did you start to hear about COVID? Because for some people, it was in January, but then COVID had been in China since like last year, 2019. Um, I had about COVID in January, through January. So at that time, what was like your general thoughts about it? Well, um, as someone who like, because I write too. So what I had about it, one of the things I did was to pay attention to what they were saying, try to educate my own followers, like on my own platform, um, what they need to know, what we all need to know, and you know, like, okay, we're just like trying to get along, trying to make sure it's new to everybody, it was strange. So whatever information I got, I also relayed it to my own followers and like, like discuss and some other things like that. So basically, I approached it from the um, knowledge perspective. I just wanted to know what it's about and also to inform that was just about it. And of course because of because um because of where I work too, because I am an essential worker so I also have to like stay informed so that I can also be like um, you know, the guy is something I think it's really All right. Okay. Uh, I think that was where most most of us just saw it from. Like, let's just get informed. But because you said you're an essential worker, of course, your own information download will be way more than ours. So now let's get to the reason why you took the test. 
why did you take the COVID test and what was your reaction to finding out that you were positive? Let me give you a quick background. Actually, um, I didn't think I was having COVID. I didn't even, like, because why would anybody want to think that something like that is happening to you again? Mm-hmm. But yeah, what, what happened in my own case was that I just had a baby. And then, a couple of days after I had my baby, I felt ill and had to be taken back to the hospital. And so, I was already getting well and I was getting treated and all of that. Was, but then, instead of getting better, at some point, it looked as like if something got triggered. Hmm. You, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yes, I something else was going on. Something absolutely different from what doctors were monitoring and what should um, like happen after someone I put together and all of that. And so somewhere at that point, I was really, really sick at that point. I was having, you know, I was just sick. And then one of the doctors approached my husband and spoke to him and was like, ah, I think the wife is having this and this and that. And when I was really good, I even laughed about it because it didn't make sense to me. I, I didn't understand why some people were assumed that that was what was happening to me. But unfortunately, it happened around the time when COVID scare was still like on the high side, a lot of people were still confused, so still something people didn't want to talk about it. Most people didn't even know what to do about the whole situation. Not like now that a lot of people are even talking about it and like people are just living almost really with it. That I think it was almost around the time when definitely if you were said to have COVID, you were going to an admission center and all of that. So yeah, when yeah, so when um, my husband was told or something like that, so the possibility of something was happening around me and I might have to be um, scheduled for a COVID test. So like, okay, if that will make everybody fine, at least it's better than being in the hospital and people are because of suspicion. You know, that's going to make it worse. Because mm-hmm. people are like, if people are scared that something is happening to you and they are not sure. So I rather have to take the test and make sure nothing is happening so we can actually see while I was back at the hospital. So that was why I took the test. Yeah. So that's the answer to that question. Okay. Wow, that was something. And I'm sure that at that time, you, you must have had a lot of things going through your head. You had a new baby. <laughs> and that would, having COVID would mean that you'll be separated from your baby. Yeah, that's correct. Wow, that must have been something. I'm really sorry about I, I I wasn't, you know, expecting that. So I'm really sorry about that one. So when you yeah. came back and then they said, Madam, you're positive. Well, you know what? I, I actually did treat it. First one I did was the rapid test where... I don't know the name. Someone was watching. I did a rapid test and the result came out negative. And then the doctor actually suspected your COVID. Said no. That you know, like I said, when I had my own experience, mm. around the time when a lot of people, a lot of people were still confused about the whole thing. People, were, a lot of things were still being experimented with. People didn't really know a lot of things, right? So when I did the COVID test with that kind of rapid test, rather, and the result came out negative, I was happy, like. But the doctor insisted that that test wasn't correct because even the US government had said they should stop using. That mm. 
start to like um, prepare my mind yeah. for it. Yeah, because even before, yeah, this is that even before I had to do this, like I said, because I was always writing. Mm. I also started reading up stuff about COVID and pregnancy, COVID and nothing mother, COVID and breastfeeding, COVID and so, so many things. I started like reading so many stuff related to what may happen and may not happen because I believe that there is no point in feeling ourselves that this may not get to me. What if it comes to me? I just have to laugh it. What am I going to do? So, I, so at that point, I started like trying to get my mind prepared that, okay, what is this? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to my baby? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to me? Like that. Yeah. So when we work him out, I just got to work. The first thing I have to, like, first of all, process information there. But I tried to make plans because I knew that I was going to be separated from my baby. Yeah. So I tried to make plans. Yeah. 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 Y
person turns around and goes, okay, okay. Now, this is why this was happening. Okay, this is what I was going to realize that, okay, this is something much. So I could, I could, at this point, I was feeling like I'm seeing like about six, seven symptoms that I was um, experiencing at that particular time. So to me, it wasn't the same thing as malaria. It wasn't. For malaria, I, maybe because I'm at AA, like I said earlier, I have an idea of how malaria behaves. And I can tell you, it wasn't the same for me. Hmm. Well, maybe for some other people, I can't tell you, but for what I experienced, it was not the same. It was very, very fast. The symptoms were such that it was just like the doctor explained to me that one of the drugs I was giving was to stop the um, virus from making me develop pneumonia. And maybe that was one of the reasons I was told to keep getting coffee because I had to keep making sure I didn't get cold. Hmm. Um, one of the things that researchers have said about COVID is unlike other things, like it actually, the symptoms, they develop really quickly and they attack your immune yeah. system way faster yeah. than the regular, you no know, malaria and other stuff that we are used to. Yeah. yeah so um, another thing I was going to talk about, which you already said I'd even getting into like talking about doctor giving you drugs for pneumonia um, to stop you from having pneumonia was how was the road to recovery now you're co- you, you've heard that okay I'm, I'm COVID positive you've experienced all of these symptoms how was the road to recovery I'm talking how it affected your health how long it okay. took for you to recover and basically it didn't really take me long okay. I, I recovered just within within a few like within a week I think I was fine yeah but you know I had to go through the regular and the mandatory isolation period and all of that yeah okay. so altogether I think I spent about a month two weeks at the hospital two weeks at home yeah okay so that means you opted to do your isolation at home instead of doing it in the isolation center yes yes yes, yes. Okay. All right. I'm still talking about the road to recovery. I've read up on some patients saying even after they've recovered from COVID, they still have like memory losses. A couple of people still have breathing problems and pain. Do you have any of that? For several months after my own recovery, I still have abdominal pain. So we did a lot of tests and so many things. So we didn't know exactly if it's on um, the COVID or something else that just came up. Because that's kind of everything that we tried to, we could like, that was just the conclusion at the end of the day that because we couldn't really pinpoint why I still kept having the abdominal pain. So later on when I read about the medical case and I realized that some people still have um, side effects after recovery. And I realized that maybe that was how we behaved in my own body. Hmm. So I have sharp things around my abdomen, sometimes down to my chest. You know wow. But are you like 100% now? Well, I I can't say. I, I can put it at um, something 90% because the truth is I'm still being observed. Okay. Yeah, because we, at some point, I, I when I assumed that everything was fine, after a couple of weeks and months, I still had the symptoms coming up. So we, we really can't say if it's only because it's gone, but I for a while now, it's been, I'm fine. Yeah. By God's grace, you'll be fine. I know we say that as Nigerians, but I really hope that you're fine. 90 is a, okay. is a good one. When you said 90, I like put up a thumbs up. I'm like, yeah, we're on the way there. And I'm hoping that you get to 100 soon. So basically now, I, I would like for you to address, some people still believe that COVID is not real. Okay, well, what I would just say is that it, um, it, it's better to be safe than sorry. And it's also better to stay informed than find oneself in such situation and not know exactly what to do. In my own case, despite the fact that I tried to arm myself with knowledge and you know, all of that, I have people around me 
that gave me support and all that. I didn't find it easy. It is something that I mean, if I begin to talk about the experience, you know, the the the, the psychological part, the way it affected my family, a few other things like that. It's not really a very funny process. So I, it's not something that I would wish that um, random people just go through. Well, like some people are very lucky that when it happens to them, they don't like. Some of them maybe they don't even use any medication. They don't go about their normal life and they don't get well and all of that. It's fine, but you know, it's not everybody that gets lucky with this kind of thing. So I, I would always tell people that it's better to treat that. So it doesn't really cost you too much to take it and just like um, just take preventive measures for your own good, for your own good. And then people saying that um, it's not real, the numbers are being doctored and all of that. Well, considering the kind of country we are, of course, there's already a distrust between the government and the people. Absolutely. I also don't believe everything the government says. But from what I experienced that period, I don't know about what is the period now. But what I think that period, I can say that the, the figures were even being underreported. I thought when I had my own experience. Hmm. Because, yeah, because before I could even get tested, you know, it was, so I think there was a very long queue of people waiting to get tested and all of that. And so I wondered if, I mean, what even, like, um, press your buttons for me to even get tested. So I'm like, imagine people that are not even getting tested and imagine what that is people that are random people around the place and nobody is even thinking that something like that is happening to them. Mm. And people around them are just falling sick, maybe, like that. So I think everybody should always do their part to just stay safe and just hope for the best. Yeah. I agree with you saying it's better to be safe than sorry. I mean, you even said you had to, you know, press one or two things to make sure that you got tested and, and I'm sure you were even like a priority because you just had a baby and then you that you're just a random person, you don't have the resources. It's better for you to actually keep yourself safe than to find yourself in that situation. And I love that you said like the psychological effect it has on your family is not something you want to give because this virus is very novel. In as much as there's been a lot of resources, a lot of um, research being done, there are still so many things we do not know. So it's just better to not find yourself in that place where you are like a, I don't know how to call it, where you don't know what next to do with yourself. I want to say thank you so much for like sharing your experience with me. I know that it wasn't the easiest for you to do, but I'm very grateful and I'm very thankful for that. Very fine. Yeah, before you answer, what I would just love to add is that um, one of the things that really affected me when I had my own experience was the attitude of some of us that some people really made their experience very horrible for me. Hmm. Maybe, yeah, because the, the stigma, like the reason I went through at that particular time was really, really terrible. So something that was so, so bad. So if somebody who is educated like myself, somebody who had resources, somebody who has family support, could still go through such, um, like, couldn't even deal with the, um, the stigma, the health. Yes. So what do we now want to say about people who don't even have funds, who don't even have support, who don't have support, who cannot even deal with that mental? So I'm just saying, like, I mean, just want to say rather is that everybody should just, like, if you have someone around you that eventually, um, like, um, test for it's not something that you, you're going to make their life more miserable. It's okay to want to stay away from them. It's okay to want to, like, say to to protect yourself. But they need to understand that just like what you said, the virus is not to everyone about it. It's something that is quite new. So the person that um, picked at that point in time, they don't even know exactly what to do. So it's not, it's not at that point in time that you as a colleague or you as um, a health worker or you as a neighbor or something will add more to their bodies and making their life safe just because you have that they have they have that kind of situation. That's what reason why a lot of people rather keep quiet and not even talk about it and just like push the way or get treated and get well and don't bother to that person I don't need Thank you so much for adding that one. I was I was actually going to ask if you had any final words and I think this just captured it. And yes, okay. if we show more 
compassion, more empathy to people who come out and say I'm positive. It would help for more people to feel easier to actually get tested and talk about what they're going through. Because most people want to hide it away because of what you talked about. The stigma, looking at somebody like, oh my God, this person is officially, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what word to use. So yeah, yeah. Actually coming out and giving love and just, even if you want to stay away, yeah, of course, stay away because it's, it's very... um transferable it was the word i don't know the english word now but try as much as possible to be helpful it's not the time to make jest or you know make their life more difficult and i want to thank you for for adding that thank you so much for your time very much for having me too thank you so much for listening to the very end of this episode first off i apologize for the audio because it was a phone call and when i was trying to edit it after the phone call i realized network had created this annoying static hopefully it didn't hinder you from getting the information that you need to get and most importantly i want to speak to every one of us out there please try as much as possible to follow the covid19 guidelines if you don't have anywhere that you're going please sit in your house it frustrates me when i see people going out for things that are not essential you might not have the resources like the guests i spoke to to be able to fight this disease if it comes into your life so the best thing for you to do is to protect yourself and for the people who say it's not real wouldn't you rather protect yourself if it's not real that means oh yeah you're just taking an extra level of protection and if it's real you're protecting yourself right also to our health workers i know you're doing an amazing job you're doing a phenomenal job and it's not easy for you to contend with all of this even with the mega salary that you're being paid right here in nigeria but i want to say to you that the core of your job is to be empathetic to your patient so try as much as possible to make their life a bit more easier you know in whatever way that you can we appreciate the work that you do and we know that we can never repay you for that but we also employ and beg you to please remain human while you carry out your duties make sure that you take care of yourself make sure that you protect yourself covid19 is real the second wave is active lots of people are falling under this and i do not want it to be you thanks for listening Thank mm-hmm. you.